sounded good. You've all come ready this morning. We're going to try this again next Thursday when they put the clock, or next Sunday when they put the clocks up an hour. We lose an hour of sleep for daylight savings. It's good to see you here this morning. I'm looking forward to God showing up today, aren't you? Hallelujah. Well, thank you for being here to worship with us this morning. If you're new, fairly new to the church or just visiting today, especially want to welcome you into the house this morning. You're a very special guest, and we hope that you found a home, a church where you can connect with God, where you can connect with one another. And today, for you, if you haven't had an opportunity to meet the staff, meet the pastor, we have an opportunity. It's called a meet and greet. Be down here in our library right after church, and we'd very much like to connect with you, get to know you, and help you connect to the church. Now that I've welcomed you in, I'd like to see you all stand, please. Turn to one another and welcome each other into the house this morning. this morning I have a few announcements already mentioned the meet and greet after service this morning tonight we have our annual church business meeting you have an opportunity to come and and pastor's going to open up and share the business part of what's going on here at the church this past year and that's at six o'clock and then we have very special service this morning it's going to be people that's going to be baptized this morning let's give God a praise for that this morning Now that we've gotten through the announcement this morning, I've got a question. Are there any worshipers in the house? A few. See, that's a good thing because, as I said before, I think God's going to do something special today. There's going to be freedom in this house. There's going to be restoration in this house. There's going to be forgiveness in this house. There's going to be salvation in this house. And just, I don't know if you paid attention to the video and you walk in, that first video that we see, every service, it says that this is his house, we are his people, and that we've come to worship. And if you've come with that heart this morning, there's nothing, Paul says in his word, there's nothing that's going to keep God's love from reaching you. Before they even sing the first song, before pastor even prays, before there's any word delivered from this pulpit today. God can touch you right now, right now where you are, because his presence is here, and he can do more in his presence than anyone else can, amen? Man, let's pray. Let's raise our hands to him this morning. Let's welcome him into this place. He's the reason why we're here. Father, we love you. We honor you, Lord. We come hungry to get into your presence this morning, Father. Lord, we ask that you would have your way, Lord, because we know that you love us, and there's nothing that can keep your love from reaching us. There's freedom in this house this morning. There's restoration in this house this morning. Lord, there's forgiveness, Lord. There's salvation in this house this morning because we've come to the fountain. We've come to you. Lord, we lift up, Lord, the needs of all your people that are here this morning. Lord, we lift up Israel to you, Lord. We ask that you keep your hand on them. Lord, that you'd protect them and you continue to work out your plan for today through them, Father. 
Lord, we pray for our nation, we pray for our families, and we pray for our church as we give you all the glory, all the honor that you're worthy of, Father. In his name we pray this morning. Amen. Amen. Let's worship him. Give him praise this morning. Give him praise. Give him praise.
baptize some folks. People are coming to be baptized today in commandment to God's holy word. And we are thankful this morning for those that have found relationship with Jesus Christ and following the example of the word of God that says be baptized. We know it's a command of the Lord and it's something that just seals and puts a covenant over top of our relationship with him so that the whole world knows that we belong to him. How many of you belong to the Lord Jesus Christ this morning? Amen. So thankful for his presence, his mercy, his grace alive in our lives. And so I'm thrilled today as pastor to be baptizing these folks. They understand what it's all about. They have confessed relationship with Jesus and now they want to follow him in baptism this morning. So our very first uh, young lady to be baptized, Isabella Steele, is coming. She's got a t-shirt on, says created in his image. Savior. If you've accepted him into your life as your Savior, then it's my honor today to baptize thee in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Coming to be baptized is Sister Hillary Ritchie. a season been in the hospital for quite a while and but God has brought you out and here you are with a smile on your face and a great testimony in her heart that she loves Jesus Christ with all that she is so as you follow him today in baptism I'm thrilled as your pastor to baptize you thanking the Lord for his work in your life and what an honor I'm sure heaven is cheering in this moment it's my honor Hillary to baptize thee in the name of the Father the Son and the Holy Spirit Coming now is Stephanie Jones. Stephanie, would you like to say anything? You've accepted Jesus Christ into your life, and you want to follow him in baptism this morning. It's my honor as your pastor, then, to follow the admonition of God's holy word, to baptize you according to your confession of faith in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Sister Jessica Parker is coming to be baptized. Jessica, as your pastor, it's my privilege today to ask you if you've accepted Christ into your life and you want to follow him in the command of his holy word to be baptized. And as you do, what a testimony you have, you and your husband have, and your family. And I know that God is, is 
all this evidence, watch this, because this is going to be a significant, wonderful move in, in your life, I think. So I'm thankful and honored as your pastor today to baptize you according to your confession of faith in honor of the word of God. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Coming now is her husband, Josh Parker. Christ into your life. So according to the confession of your faith, in accordance with the admonition of God's word, it is my honor today to baptize you. It's my honor to baptize you in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Would you stand with me, please? I don't know if you can go back and remember when you were baptized or when you accepted Jesus Christ into your life, but I think it most appropriate, the song they're going to be singing in just a moment, is It Is Well With My Soul. And I think it's appropriate for us right now all over the sanctuary to honor the presence and the power of God, to lift up our hands and to say, Lord, we are honored and we thank you for the mercy and the grace that's been shown to us. It is well with our soul today as we love him and honor him and thank him for forgiveness in our hearts. Amen. Why don't you one more time give a round of applause to the Lord and give him praise. God bless you. You may be seated.
video that Brooke Lewis put together for us. Each month we have a theme. Our theme this month was Gone Christian. It's so ironic that today they did baptism because that's what we're learning about today is John baptizes Jesus. I love leading large group for our preschoolers every week. We have a new verse this month. It's come, follow me, Jesus said, Matthew 4:19. We also have songs about how Jesus loves us and wants to be our friend forever and Ollie videos. I get to be a teacher and with being a teacher, we get to do these cool activities. We make some cool crafts. We have fun. Guess what I did this week? What's that? I downloaded the free Parent Q app. I love that Allison gets to watch our Ollie videos from what we've learned about in, um, in church on Sunday. And there's also activities I can do at home that um, reiterates what we teach in class. I think she's watched that Ollie video about 20 times this week. Wow. Well, this week our five-year-old class um, has sent out a card to Miss Brenda because this week Miss Brenda had knee surgery. Now, if you know Miss Brenda, she works full-time with us, and she's a hard act to follow. So we're kind of needing some help, and actually Kristen, another grandma, she is needing knee surgery too. Well, what kind of opportunities are there to, to um, serve? Well, we have on Sunday, we have a 9 o'clock, we have our 11 o'clock hour, and we have Sunday evening, plus we have our Wednesday night services. And with that, we allow the people to uh, choose if they want to serve weekly, twice a month, or once a month. We have grandmas, moms, teens, and families that serve. I love seeing our families who serve together, like Sarah and Wyatt, Shirley and Emily, and the McKinney family. Speaking of families, on April, the last, the fifth Sunday, we are doing Family Sunday here. So we want to encourage maybe some of the families here to say, you know what, we want to serve as a family in Brighton Beach. And we also have um, Easter coming up and revival services. And in May, we have Mother's Day. Wouldn't it be nice to give the moms a day off and have men serve in the nursery? I think that would be great. <laughs> I've got this great story. Wednesday night, we put, um, I put up our team for the Gone Christian thing. Anyway, Presley Jones, she said, Miss Carolyn, when are we going to the UDF? I said, the UDF? What's the UDF? And she said, well, you know, when everybody wears the same T-shirts and they got badges? I said, you mean UDF? She goes, yeah, that one. <laughs> she was wanting to go somewhere, but to, to let you know, VBS is another way you can serve. This year we're doing a little something different. VBS is in the evening, and it starts on Sunday, July 22nd. So mark your calendar going from Sunday to Thursday this year. So how can people get involved? Well, if you want to be involved, we want to invite you to come and spend one Sunday with us. And after you check us out and you say, hey, this does work for me, I like it, we'd like to hand you a packet. And within the packet, you'll have your background check, and you'll have information about how our nursery works. And then if you decide to be part of us, you get a free T-shirt. <laughs> you can see me in the lobby after church today, and I can hand out a packet of information for you. Or you can come down to Bright Beginnings and we'll give you a tour around so you can see what we're all about. Thank you so much. Thank you. Would you stand? You ready to praise the Lord? Let's give him a good hand clap of praise. Do it right now. One, two, three, four.
sing for all that you've done for me. I'm gonna change it up right here. I wanna sing one more time. Worthy is the lamb that was slain. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave. Worthy is the that's what it's all about. Worthy is the king who conquered the grave.
Is it well with you today? With my soul. 
what Jeremiah says in Lamentations. It is of the Lord's mercies that we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. The world is fickle. The world will befriend you one day and turn their back on you the next. Say amen. You can't depend on earthly, uh, human, human forms of love and affection. But his mercies, it says, they, they never fail. They are new every morning. The writer goes on, Jeremiah says, great is thy faithfulness. Amen. Great is thy faithfulness. The Lord is my portion, saith my soul. Therefore, I will hope in him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him, to the soul that seeks him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for the salvation of the Lord. I tell you, the Lord is good. I said the Lord is good. They're singing, they're singing this song, It Is Well With My Soul. Do you know, of all the things you could say today, you could say glory, 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 and hallelujah, and praise the Lord, and those are wonderful expressions of praise. You could say a lot of things in this house this morning, but the miraculous testimony you looking up into the rafters of this church house knowing that he said wherever two or three are gathered together there I am in their midst the testimony of you being able to look up or look around you and know that the angels of God are ministering in this sanctuary right you may not feel them or even see them the word of God tells us that they're here they're here right now and Jesus is here. He is in spirit right here with us. He said he'd never leave us nor forsake us. So we understand and if we see with spiritual eyes, we look into the atmosphere of this worship and we say, it is well with my soul. The greatest testimony you'll ever cry out to God is that it is well knowing that on the inside of you, you've experienced the mercy, the grace, the salvation of God. You can lay your head on your pillow tonight. You can say amen and amen and amen, because it is well with my soul. Why don't you lift your hands right now and just honor him and thank him for the miracle in your life of salvation, the miracle in your life of his grace and his mercy. You know that he is with you and great is his faithfulness to you he will never let you down he will never walk away from you he will never turn his back on you he loves you with an everlasting love hallelujah hallelujah when you sing this song as a testimony something begins to happen in the atmosphere when your spirit connects with God's Holy Spirit, I want you to get your mind right now off everybody else. Don't focus on the pew in front of you or behind you. Don't look on stage at what they're wearing or what they're talking about or what they're singing. 
I want you to, right where you're standing this morning, I just believe God wants to do something in your life. I don't know where you're standing in the sanctuary, but I know when I feel the Spirit of God wanting to touch someone's heart specifically. You came into the church house today and you are hungry for a move of God inside. You are you're thirsty for a touch of the Lord and He is granting that, I believe, right now. Would you lift up your hands, close your eyes, don't pay attention to anyone else around you and begin to worship. Begin to worship your God and honor Him for His faithfulness to you. Oh, hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. It is well. It is well, Lord. With my soul. Hallelujah, Lord. We honor you today. We bless your name, God. We pray, Lord, for our people. We thank you for your presence today, God. We honor you for the moving of your spirit. How many of you have a special need today? You're standing right where you are. We're going to pray for that need. We're going to pray. Every hand that's lifted up, someone who's saying, Lord, I have a need. How many of you believe he's a miracle-working God? That's a real. I, I, I'm in a. I'm in a rock place this morning because I'm gonna test you. That's a real spiritual thing I just said, and that was a real spiritual response. Jeff, I am constrained that if people will have faith in this house this morning, that it'll go beyond just being in church and just being in, in some gathering of people of like faith. I'm believing that if you are here today and you have a very specific need, that God in his power, like he did on Mount Carmel, when Elijah looked up and called on the God of fire, I'm believing right now the God of great fire and power is going to come right down in the midst of your situation. It's going to touch you, but it's only for those who have faith. Some of you will stand here like a bump on a log, and you won't have any clue what's happening in this house, but there's going to be somebody standing next to you that's going to have eyes and a heart and an ear of faith, and you're going to hear the call of the master saying, come on, give me your burden, give me that heaviness, and I'll take it from you. Come on now, lift it up to God. Touch him right now. Call on the fire and the power of God. Hallelujah.
praying for those needs, and we're going to pray right now. We're going to pray as well for Sister Etta Kelly, who's in the hospital and needs a touch of God. We're praying as well that God will touch Sister Elva Carpenter, her sister-in-law, who is also in the hospital. We're believing God to touch them and minister to their need today. All the hands that were lifted up now, I think we're in a position to just take our petitions to him right now. Would you do that with me? Let's pray. Father, we come to you. Lord, by faith, we bring every need to you. Every hand that was lifted up, every home that needs restored, every life that is broken that needs fixed. Lord, we're believing now for a supernatural move of God in this house. God, for young men and young ladies who are lost today to come to themselves and to recognize their need and what they're feeling, the, the powerful, revealed love of God in their heart. We're praying today for sicknesses to be healed, for deliverance to come power of God to be there. Would you go to the hospital where those who are sick or those who are shut in are, are resting now? Would you touch them? In the name of Jesus, we're believing for the power of God to be at move, moving in their lives right now. Oh, in the name of Jesus, we're, we believe that we're anointed to pray today. We're anointed to intercede for the lost and for the hurting and for those that need your touch. So, Lord, we don't fail to ask you, but we don't ask in our words or because of who we are. We don't ask in our name or the name of a denomination or a church. But, God, we come in the powerful, omnipotent, omniscient, and mighty name of Jesus Christ, the Lord, the Savior, and the Deliverer today. In Jesus' name we pray. In Jesus' name we pray. Glory to God. this morning a whole bunch of you know it you know exactly what I'm talking about I feel the power of the Holy Ghost like the night I got saved I feel the energizing spirit of God at work in this house I don't know what you're believing him for I don't know about what's going on in your family with your children but you need to intercede right now you need to intercede right now in the name of Jesus Someone is being healed in this house right now. God is touching you. Present. 
This is my spirit that you feel, my presence that is here in my house. My house shall be a house of prayer. Look to the heavens and know that I am a God of great power and I can and will move mightily in your life. I'm here in great strength today to work on behalf of my children. It only requires that you believe and have faith. My word declares that I am powerful in might and in my spoken word. I speak over you life and strength and deliverance. I shall go and move the mountain that stands in the way. But you must claim and obey my word this morning to have faith. Believe and you shall see it. Believe and walk in it and you shall know it. I am hearing great power to move. Will you believe me, says the Lord? Hallelujah. You sing to me about rivers. You sing to me about your soul. And I, the Lord, 
require obedience. Look into the heavens today. Respond to the moving of my spirit. You know I am calling your name. You know who you are and I am speaking to you, says the Lord. If you will come to me today, if you will trust in me and stop leaning upon every other answer in your life but me, if you will trust that I am the ultimate in your answer, I am the absolute and I will come through, but you must know who I am. Seek my face. Look to me and know that I will provide. I will deliver. I am here to bring great power into your situation. But you must respond to me in obedience. Repent, says the Lord, and I will show you my glory. Wow. Hallelujah. There is a unmistakable move of the Holy Spirit in here. I do not know who you are, but I know he's here and he is speaking to your heart. You know exactly who you are. And this is not in any way an embarrassment for you. It's not a shame for you. It's mercy for you. It's God reaching down through humanity to, to put to test your ears today, your soul today. Will you hear him? Obviously, he's calling upon repentance, and we I would be amiss as a pastor if I didn't, in this moment, if I didn't give you an opportunity to do just that. The Holy Spirit, through the gift of tongues and interpretation, we believe we are a spirit-filled church, and we believe in the operation of the gifts of the Spirit. They are in the Bible. They're there for you to study and for you to read. Now you've experienced it. The Holy Spirit speaks in such a way when there needs to be a rescue, when there needs to be a change, when he needs to seal a work that's happening in the, in the move, in, in the house right where we are. And he's spoken to your heart, and wherever you are in this place, every head bowed and every eye closed, please. God is wanting to move, apparently, for you in a mighty way. And I believe there are many different situations that are here. Some of you are praying for loved ones. You're praying for family. You're praying for specific needs. This is for you as well. I believe with all my heart this is the ministering angels of God all over this sanctuary. From the front to the back corner over here to the left and right. There are ministering angels in this house doing the work of God. You have come to the well. You have come this morning to the, you thought you were coming to church, but you've come to the well. And the Lord has met you here. He's speaking life over your situation. There are some that need to repent right now. God wants to move in your life, but he must have your obedience. He must have your life. He must have your surrender. Repentance means, Lord, I repent of my sins. I repent of living my life to my own values, my own ways. I'm turning my life over to you. I'm giving you my life. I'm separating myself from my old ways. I'm repenting, turning my life around, giving it to you. When we repent, the Bible says we, we ask him for the cleansing and the washing and the forgiving of our sins and we turn our heart over to him in complete surrender. 
change our mind. He changes our heart. He says, who will ascend to the hill of the Lord? Those with pure hands and a clean heart or clean hands and a pure heart. We clean our hands this morning through repentance. God makes the heart pure. So right now, right here in this house, I don't even feel led to ask you to lift your hand. You know who you are and you need to pray. And it might be many folks that need to pray this prayer. You need to acknowledge God's word today and God's Holy Spirit. And you need to pray this prayer. Let's all pray it together. Jesus, I repent. I give you my heart. I give you my life. Be the Lord over my soul. You are the Son of God. I believe in you. Forgive me of my sins. Forgive me of my ways. I surrender to you. I give you my life. And I ask you to be the Lord of it. In the name of Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. Praise God. Somebody will say, well, can you explain that? Nope. But I sure know when he's here. But I sure know when he's here. Amen. He loves you that much. I said he loves you that much. Amen. You may be seated. Well, the last two Sundays, I'm trying to get to a... a good message here I've got prepared for you, but God has so much that he's doing as well. How many are thankful for the moving of the Spirit of God? Amen. Amen. Thankful for our pastor's picnic last night. We had our third. Thank you to all those who came. We had a packed house and all the workers and volunteers. It was just a wonderful evening. Did something we've never done before. We did hymnal trivia. Some of you would win, others of you would struggle with that, but we had a good crowd that everybody knew, and they sang their hymns, and we had great food, and it was a great time of fellowship. Also, uh, tonight, as it was mentioned, we'll be, we're going to have some worship, and then we're going to move into uh, an annual church report, which is something that we do, and we want to bring you up to date on the vision and the mission and the business of our church, and that's what we will do this evening, and then we'll conclude that with a time of prayer. So that will be this evening at 6 o'clock. You're invited and welcome to be here. Um, thankful for those. I was real proud of our team at the prayer conference. They did a wonderful job at the prayer conference. I was able to be there Thursday night. I got called away on Friday morning, so I wasn't able to be there the rest of the night. But, oh boy, I sure saw all the video clips. and I saw, I heard some of the music, and you'll hear a little bit of it here in just a minute. But, uh, man, it was, it was a good, uh, Thursday night was amazing. Friday, I hear was really good, and I'm gonna get the I'm gonna get the tape. Do they sell tapes anymore? No. I'll download the upload. <laughs> All right, our ushers are coming. They're going to serve you this morning from the back. They're going to move forward, and then they're going to bring the offering to the altar as it's collected. So that's something new for us. Help us with that as they come by your pew in just a moment. Father, we thank you. 
We honor you and bless you for what we have already experienced in your house. I thank you for every gift, for those who are faithful to pay their tithe and obedience to your holy word. Lord, you've given us everything that we have. Your word requires us to give back our tithe. So we do that in obedience to your word and to you today. And we also thank you for those who give in offering. Our offerings today, Lord, we give. As a church, we're practicing what we preach. We're giving to world missions. So for every dollar and every dime that's put in the offering plates today, that loose offering will go to our world missionaries. And we thank you that we are able to bless them and to meet the needs that they have wherever they are. We ask all of this to be blessed as we give it, not to the church, but to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.
my new favorite song. Sing it every Sunday. Stand with me for the reading of God's word very quickly. I'm going to move like a torpedo. 
power of the Lord has been here in a wonderful way. We could leave and be happy in the spirit of the Lord. But I believe the Lord wants us to look into his word. How many of you know you need something to take with you? I like what Sister Linda Pitts said to me last night. She mentioned that she said, you know, the spirit of the Lord moving, and that's a wonderful, mighty thing. But you, you want to have something that you take with you. And so I'm going to give you something to take with you this morning. From Ephesians chapter 5, verse 22, the Lord has been laying this on my heart for several weeks. We've been talking about love. Now, before we go any further with love, Missy Osborne, being very creative, she said, please get up and beg them for candy for the Easter, for the children's Easter egg hunt. Please beg for candy. I need 27,000 more pieces. Thanks. Like I'm supposed to just take care of that. <laughs> so I'm asking you to go to Sam's, get the big bag, and that's what I always do. And it takes care of it all in one shot, like 800 pieces of candy or whatever. So, and you buy 20 of those, and you buy 40 of those. And it's all taken care of, Missy. So help us with that if you can. Get some, get some candy and bring it by the church. Overwhelm her and do it this week. Let her know how, how much power we have in this service right here, that we're all on it, man. God bless you for it. Wives, submit, your, submit to your own husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is head of the wife, as also Christ is head of the church, and he is the Savior of the body. Therefore, just as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, just as Christ also loved the church and gave himself for her, that he might sanctify and cleanse her with the washing of water by the word, that he might present her to himself a glorious church, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she should be holy and without blemish. When you think about that, to what the Lord is trying to do in a service like he did this morning. He's trying to get us ready for a time when we will stand in his presence. How many of you are excited at the very thought? Even speaking those words this morning, I want to climb over here and put my face in the altar for the next 45 minutes to an hour. I want to be ready. I want to be washed white without wrinkle, without spot, without blemish. And isn't it awesome, Sister Goodlove, that he loves his church enough. He loves his church enough. He loves you enough, Sister Sandy, that he meets with us this morning. So thankful. So husbands ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his wife loves himself, for no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it just as the Lord does his church. For we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Nevertheless, let each of you, in, each one of you in particular, so love his own wife as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. Isn't it amazing that he makes this correlation and parallels the relationship you have with your wife, with your husband, with his church, and Christ, and his love? Unbelievable. Father, we ask your blessings on your word. We ask that you speak to us by your Holy Spirit. 
challenge us today and move us deeper in your presence and power in relationship with you and one another. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. You can be seated. This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. You know, God is the ultimate, the ultimate truth, the ultimate, he is love. He is the essence of all creation. There's no way that we should even think to bring God down to such a level as our own human relationships. I can't even consider comparing worldly, earthly relationships with the heavenly relationship, with the relationship of God to his church or Jesus to his church, to his bride. Can't even think about that. Our love for one another in comparison, our marriage and families today, the way we love one another, even outside of marriage, the way we love each other as Christians in the body of Christ, comparing that to the love of God almost seems like apostasy. But for some reason, the Holy Spirit thought it correct and right when he was inspiring Paul to write these words that we'd read thousands of years down the road. He thought it correct that the statements to the husbands and the wives would be compared to the love between a man and a woman in relationship of marriage. God wanting to send a message that your marriage is more than just a contract. Your marriage is more than just two minds coming together or two people coming together to live in a house or, or to live their lives or to just have a ceremony. It, it's something deeper than that. Marriage is meant to be more than what you and I would naturally think or what the way the world has made it out to be. The comparison of the Holy Spirit it's not so much that he's bringing God down to an earthly form of love. No, not at all. Understand, God, that's not what God meant when he inspired Paul to write these words. It's that we would somehow in our finite way of thinking and living, that we would ascend to the heights of God's heavenly, divine, purposed love. That we would move beyond the natural into the supernatural with our love. Do you realize that your marriage is an institution given to the earth by God that's meant to be supernatural? It's meant to be a reflection according to what we've just read. Your marriage is meant to be a reflection of Christ's love for his bride, the church. Now, when we think about that in respect to the way things are, the reality of life, I wonder how many of us would need to fill the altar and bury our faces in the carpet of this altar in repentance because our lives, our loves, our marriages are nowhere near being divine. Nowhere near that we would ascend to the heights of his unconditional, pure, everlasting love. It's unbelievable. But yet we know that that's what Paul is saying. Paul is challenging us, pushing us to a place of supernatural love. Now, like I mentioned, it goes far beyond just the marriage contract or the marriage ceremony or the marriage institution. 
our love for one another in the body of Christ is to be pure. It's to be a reflection of Christ's love for the church. Love God, love people. The greatest commandment, love the Lord with all your heart, but love people, your neighbor as yourself. These are the two great commandments. This is the great essence of God's character all on the earth, and it is the reflection of heaven on earth. Heaven come to earth is the pure, true love, the forgiving, graceful, merciful love of God at work in the earth. But he says the special relationship of two people who make vows and commitments to one another to be husband and wife is a special relationship. In the eyes of God, a special relationship. Don't buy into the lies and the deception of this world that that's to be defined in many different kinds of ways. Can I tell you that in the Garden of Eden, God set it up, the first institution of marriage, Genesis. Let me read it to you. Got it in my notes. Thank you for asking. Genesis, Jennifer. Jennifer chapter 2. Genesis 2, listen to what the word says in verse 21. And the Lord caused a deep sleep to fall on Adam, and he slept, and he took one of his ribs and closed up the flesh in its place. Then the rib which, with, which the Lord God took from man he made into a woman, and he brought her to the man. Can you imagine when, he, when she first was paraded by God through that garden? And he saw her for the first time. Kind of reminds me of the way it is. Every time a young man is standing down here, and I have the privilege, the awesome honor to be a part of the happiest moments in their lives, when that door opens up and you hear, dum, dum, da, dum. And he looks up at the end of that aisle and sees that pretty thing decked out with Bambi walking beside her and birds flying around with ribbons. It is a sight to behold the groom who the worst I ever saw was a young man put his hand over his mouth and started crying. But most all of them cry as they look and they see that. Can you imagine how Adam was when all of a sudden the angels were going dum, dum, da, dum. And all the animals escorted the Father God, beautiful Eve, into the presence of her man. And Adam said, of course he did, this is now bone of my bones and flesh of my flesh. She shall be called woman because she was taken out of man. Then God performed a marriage. You say, huh, I don't remember reading that. Well, listen, it's right there. All of a sudden, out of nowhere, God stepped up, got his book, stepped in front of Adam and Eve, and he said, therefore, a man shall leave his father and mother shall be joined to his wife. And Adam was like, yeah. And they shall become one flesh. The next thing you know, rice is being thrown by the angels, and all the birds are chirping, and Eve turns around, and Adam says, come here, baby, and he kisses her, and it's all done. He said, I never read that part, but I talked about Jennifer chapter 2. Well, that was Ray chapter 1, you know. <laughs> One flesh, a man and a woman made one, supernaturally brought together in the presence of God by a covenant, by a vow. 
there's something in the heavens. It isn't just words. It isn't just a preacher that pronounces it. I love the part where I get to pronounce and I, I now pronounce you. And usually when I get to this part, they're sitting there, they're nervous wrecked, they're dripping sweat, and they're just waiting for it all to be over. And I'm like, I now pronounce you. And I wait. And they're just like, come on, say it. And I'm like, husband and wife. You may kiss your bride. At that moment, I feel like, you know, I, it's almost like I've got some supernatural powers. Because it takes a lawyer to undo what I just said. <laughs> but it's crazy. God takes two separate people. And in Genesis here, he tells us what he does. He says, they leave their mother and father, and they're joined to one another, and they become one flesh. It's beautiful. It's supernatural. It's divine. Because God wants his church to love one another. That's the love that Christ has for his bride, that we become one. That's why unity, Brian and we talk about it all the time. That's why unity is such an important thing. It's us reminding ourselves that we've been made one. It's not that we have to go be one. I know a lot of people walking around today. As a pastor, I see it on a regular basis. There are a lot of two-people marriages. You say, well, wait a minute. No, they got married. They were made one. No, it didn't work that way. If that was the case, then everybody out there being immoral would be one with 10, 15 people. That ain't the way it works. A ceremony doesn't make you one. A wedding day doesn't make you one. Consummation of your marriage doesn't make you one. God does. God makes you one. And then God comes and brings heaven to earth. And your marriage, your marriage then reflects the glory God. I titled this message The Glory of Love. Your marriage then reflects the glory of God. You say, Well, that sounds very spiritual, Pastor. What is glory? I know we say it in church, somebody will get all excited and glory, 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 hallelujah. But somebody will say, Well, the glory was in the house. What does that mean? What, what is the glory? Well, it's obvious if you go back into the Word and you really start to unravel those words we use so often in religious circles. The Bible talks about the throne of God and the angels and the cherubims and they go around and literally are encasing the throne of God. And as they move around, it says they say, holy, holy, holy. Holy. And the angels say something else beautiful. They say, the whole earth is filled with his glory. Holy, holy, holy. Holy. The whole earth is filled with his glory. So what is his glory? the perfectness, the holiness of God. If we dare to say His glory 
build the temple. And you're saying, Brother Boyer, the holiness, the purity of God is filled with that. Oh, why was that so bad? That would cause me to just go completely off track if I'm not careful. When God checks into the marriage vows of a young man and a young lady who have given themselves to one another but first have given themselves to God. And God brings them together and allows His holiness, the power of His glory to unite them and make them one. You ought to sit a little closer to her. You've been made one with her. You've been joined together by God to her. That's why the covenant and the vows and promises are so important and vital. Because in this world that's ripping and tearing and pulling apart the sacredness of what God has put together, the holiness of God, the purity and the righteousness of God expressed. The glory, your marriage is to represent and reflect the glory of God. That's your marriage. So vital, so important that you live out the covenant that you've made with God from your soul because that is the glory of the Lord expressed in this earth. So important that we understand, and you may be saying, but pastor, you don't know where I'm at now, and you don't know what all's gone wrong. I understand. Bring it back to the Lord. Give it to Him. I believe that the Lord is able through repentance and brokenness, He's able to restore the hearts of those that have failed. But listen, I'm talking to you, mama, you, daddy, the ones that are married right now, the ones that are getting married in the future, the ones that are, are, are divorced or single or you've lost someone and you, you're widowed now and you want that marriage yet over again, oh, get hope down in your heart because God has got a supernatural, a wonderful glory of his love waiting for every child of God that's looking, that wants that and that needs that and God is leading supernatural spoken miracle of God, the holiness, the righteousness of of the Lord. Don't be a two-people marriage. Don't be a two-people marriage. Don't be two separate people living in the same house. Don't be two separate people that are living your lives without the covenant, the glory, and the holiness of God joining you and making you You'll never, mister, you'll never love her as good as you can love her. You will never love her in your own strength and in your own wisdom and your own experience. You'll never love her like you could if you loved her through God. God will show you how to be one with her. Not every couple that gets married is one. Not every couple that says vows and has a wedding day is one. But those that have given their hearts in covenant to God, they will be one.
Many young people come into marriage all excited. They're ready. But let me tell you something. God many, many times has omitted from that marriage, omitted from that courtship, and they like to keep him in a cute little box called a unity candle on the table at their ceremony. Let me tell you, there's a big, big difference between a wedding and a marriage. big difference between a wedding and a marriage. Thank God for the weddings. I like them. Good food usually. Great cake. Beautiful ceremony. Covenant and vows made to one another. It's beautiful. The wedding day is not the marriage. The marriage takes year after year after year of being molded and shaped into the image and the glory of God. Thankful for, thankful for our, our experiences and our encounters and our wisdom. I'm thankful, I wrote it down here in my notes, so thankful for Thrive, our young married adult ministry, Betty and Marvin Gray. people who are helping us with our young married. It's so important that we do what we can to help people understand the value and the treasure of marriage, but never let it be said, or don't ever go outside of the fact that Jesus Christ is your central source of strength for your marriage. Jesus, Jesus is what makes a marriage strong. The holiness of God is what makes your marriage strong. It's important that you love God first in order to love them as good as you can. God first so that you know. As pastor, it's so important that I get this word across to you. It's been heavy on my heart to make sure you, I want our church to have the most solid, the strongest, the greatest marriages on earth. And the only way that that can happen is if you and I truly understand that the great foundation of marriage begins and ends with your relationship with God. You will fail, you will fall, you will be in divorce court and in custody battles all of your lives as as you try to do it in your own wisdom and in your own experiences and in your own knowledge. You cannot do that. Marriage in the world is as fickle as any other decision people make. But those that are made in covenant and vow with God, it's till death do us part. That kind of covenant and vow before God is the kind that God joins together supernaturally and makes you one. And there's nothing more beautiful than that. You have to love, love God more than you love him or her. I want you to stand with me. Help me, Gary. I'm going to ask you as we're getting ready to close here, every married couple that's here today, I want you to do the pastor a favor and I want you to grab them by the hand and find your way into the altar. Would you do that? And as you're coming, I'm going to read a poem. This poem describes what we're talking about. describes about loving him more so that you can love them 
the best you can, the best. A poem that makes it very clear, Jeremy, that in order for you to love Tanya as good as you can love her, you have to love God more. Trent, you have to love God more than you love Jamie in order to love Jamie the best you can. It's crazy how it works, but it's true. Listen to this poem. Yes. Oh, there you are. Yes. Love her. Love her more than life. Oh, love the woman called your wife. Go love her as your earthly best. Beyond this, venture not. But lest your love become a fool's facade, be sure to love her less than God. It is not wise or kind to call an idol by sweet names and fall, as in humility before a likeness of your God. Above, adore above your best beloved on earth, the God alone who gives her worth. And she will know in second place that your great love is also grace. And that your high affections now are flowing freely from a vow beneath these promises first made to you by God. And cherish more than breath and life that you may give it to your wife. Nor will they fade for being rooted by the stream of heaven's joy which you esteem. The greatest gift you give your wife is loving God above her life. And thus I bid you now to bless. Go love her more by loving less. God first in order to love her the best you can. As I got you in the altar, I'm going to tell you this. It takes two to stay one. It takes two to stay one. God has brought you together. You've made vows and covenants with each other. In just a moment, Brother Rick, we're going we're gonna to make some new vows for each other. A modern day vow right here. Don't worry. You can still pay for a big old celebration and renew your vows officially. But we're going to renew our vows today. I did this a few years ago, and I wanted to do it again today. Put God first. And then secondly... Secondly, put that spouse as number one. And as you do that, and God, by putting him first, suddenly the way you love your wife becomes meshed together as one. And then that supernatural dimension of heaven comes alive in your home. And your kids are happy because you love her more. Because she's your top priority, your kids are healthy and balanced. And they feel the, the power and love in the house. And it's... It's, it teaches them how to treat their mate when they get married. And your son will know. Your daughter will know. And everything comes together perfectly. It's the balance of heaven. It's God's way. And so, we put God first. Love him more. And her less. But only second. To your love for God. And as you do that, your marriage will have revival. Your marriage will be like a church service with Billy Graham at his best. And what a week it's been, huh? But we're going to make new vows. I want you to turn and face your loved one. And we're going to say some new vows today. 
I'm going to pray for you first because I have a feeling after the vows, we won't feel like praying. <laughs> You'll know why in a minute. But Father, I pray over these couples. I pray over the homes represented. I pray over our entire congregation, those who believe in marriage, who love marriage, who are still in that journey of their lives where they're looking for to be fulfilled in marriage. Lord, this is for everyone. This message teaches all of us how to love. But I pray for our, our marriages, our families that are represented in this altar today. I pray for them and ask your grace, your love, your presence to guide and keep them, to rekindle the love in their hearts and to renew their covenant and commitment with you first so that they will be one together. It takes two to stay one. And I pray this, Lord, in the name of Jesus Christ. And everyone said amen. Now, I want you to make new promises to one another. Here you go. I promise to be your loving husband or wife. Say it to one another. Until one of us goes to heaven. We are not going to be a divorce statistic. We're not going to throw in the towel. The moment life gets tough. That doesn't mean I'm going to like you every day. There may be a couple days where I just don't want to be around you at all. But even then, you're stuck with me. Because before you and God and all these people, I'm giving you my vow. If you want proof, just look at your crazy family. that I spend Thanksgiving and Christmas with every year. I promise you I'm going to spend the next 50 with them. All because of how much I love you. I'm promising that even when we get wrinkled up and gray, I'm going to be committed to you. I'm going to expect you'll be committed to me. Because commitment is the only way this is going to work. That's how God intended it. I'm going to trust him to hold us together. Even when the world tries to tear us apart. If you get plump, large, unhealthy, I will encourage you to be healthy. But I will love you no less if you don't. If you get dementia and you forget who I am, I will try and make you fall in love with me all over again. But I won't love you less, even if you don't. I promise to love you when our kids run us crazy and they take all of our sanity. I'm going to love you whether we're rich or poor, no matter what plans God has for us, my plans will always include you. I will put your dreams ahead of mine. I will spend the rest of my life trying to make your life better. And every day, I will thank God for the privilege of loving you 
serving you, being your best friend, and walking through this life holding your hand. No regrets. I promise to live my life making sure you never regret marrying me. I love you. I marry you again. Can we kiss now, Pastor? Yes, you may. <laughs> you are so beautiful. You know, I got to tell you, as he's singing this song, he threw that at me in the uh, first service. I didn't know he was going to do that. We have folks watching from Australia today. I get a text on my phone. And they're sending me Alf Alpha from our gang singing, You Are So Beautiful. To her, your awkward moment all the way in Australia. So that was neat. Amen. Hug real good with one another. And you're dismissed today. God bless you. Don't forget the meet and greet. If you're visiting with us today, we have meet and greet in the bookstore. We'll look forward to meeting you there.